Good morning. You can go ahead and have a seat. I just want to welcome you all to Church of the Apostles. If you're visiting today, we're so glad that you're here. Take a minute to fill out the card that's on your bulletin. Uh, let us know you're here. When the baskets come around, drop it in the baskets, and we'd love to say hello and uh, just uh, answer any questions you might have. This morning, I want to tell you a story about God's faithfulness and provision. It's a good story. Last year, I told you that it was time for apostles to look for a new place as a next step to setting permanent roots in Fairfield County. As a parish, we set aside four times to fast and to pray, to ask God to check our hearts, to cast our cares upon him, to dream a little bit, and to boldly, I invited us to boldly ask God to give us a new place to worship and minister. At the last of these four times, we prayed over and commissioned a property search team on behalf of the parish council, and they set about their work of looking for properties, setting criteria, praying and thinking and talking about what might be next for a place. In January of this year, we were in our weekly Tuesday staff meeting, and the staff asked, give us an update. And so I began to give an update about where the property search team was. And I did what rectors do when our faith is challenged by God. And my faith at this point was challenged by God. Because in the early workings of the property search team, it looked like a pretty slim chance that we'd find anything. There just weren't a lot of properties that fit our criteria, fit within our budget, could work. And I began to get discouraged and ask God, why in the world would you have me tell our parish that we're looking for a new place and you're not going to provide? And so I just want to be honest with you. If that makes you, you know, if you are a guest and you're like, the pastor just said he doesn't have enough faith. You should come back. I say it a lot, actually, as it turns out. <laughs> Hopefully it's an encouragement to you. And so I began to answer the questions about where we stood. And as sometimes when Rector's faith is being challenged and invited to be strengthened, I began to qualify my answers with phrases like, yeah, this is going to be really hard. I mean, if this is going to work, you know, God's going to have to do it. Yeah, if it doesn't work, we'll find a plan B for where we are. It's okay. And in the middle of one of these statements, and I kid you not, Staff is in the room. They can tell you what I'm about to say is true. In the middle of one of these qualifiers, something happened that almost never happens. A stranger walked into our office suite. Now, we were in the old offices at 338 Commerce. Those of you who have ever been there will remember. You have to pull off of Commerce Drive, go around the back of the building, find the one entrance in the middle of several entrances that brings you up the stairs, and find our office door on the left. I mean, to find our old offices as a stranger, you had to want it. And he walked in, and he asked the question that no leader ever really wants to hear, who's in charge here? I pointed at Jane. <laughs> Those of you who know Jane, that wasn't a stretch. <laughs> I pointed at Jane before I said, uh, <clears throat> how can I help you? And the stranger, whose name is Larry, found us 
And he said something that I'm almost, I can almost quote verbatim. It's burned into my memory. I think I'm close by maybe a couple of words off. He said, I was driving by Roger Ludlow the other day, and I noticed your signs. Are you worshiping in the middle school? I said, yeah, Larry, we're worshiping in the middle school auditorium. And he said, yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I'm part of a Jewish congregation that has this large building that we're not using. I'm wondering if you are looking for a new worship space, and would you be willing to share it with a synagogue? I don't remember the rest of the conversation because it went a lot like, um, I, uh, um, uh, who are you? I mean, there was a lot of that. It was an amazing moment. What I told the staff that day and what I have believed since is that I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure in that moment that God had just dropped a building in our laps. I wasn't sure then. There is a lot that has happened since then that has needed to happen to confirm that. But what I did say is that when we cry out to God and ask him to help us, what he said that day to me is, Brian and Church of the Apostles, I see you, I know you, and I've heard you. There was a lot of work to do before this day. But I was confident that what had just happened is that God had said to Church of the Apostles, you have prayed and asked me a bold question. I have heard the question. I have seen your need. I know you. So my discouraged heart became glad, but still needed some faith. So I sent Larry a quick email, and I did nothing for two weeks. Nothing. Hey, thanks for stopping by. I'll let some people know. Maybe we're interested, maybe we're not. I mean, it's a synagogue for crying out loud. That was a joke. It's a synagogue for crying out loud. I mean, I don't know. So I waited two weeks. And then a parishioner reminded me of a story that I had shared on the Sunday, two days, the Sunday before Larry walked into our office. Two days. Here was the story. There's this guy who lives near a river, and one day he heard a radio announcement that there was going to be a heavy rain and that those living in his neighborhood should evacuate. So the man stopped and prayed and asked God to help him. As the rains poured and the water rose, a man in a rowboat came by and yelled into the house to the man, Come on, I'll take you to safety. The water's getting unsafe. And the man replied back, It's okay. I've prayed to God. He'll help me. And the waters rose all the way, and the man had to get up on his roof to stay in safety. And a helicopter flew overhead and shouted down through the megaphone, If you grab the rope, we'll take you to safety. And the man shouted back, It's okay, I have prayed to God. I've asked him for help. He'll save me. Well, our guy drowns. And he dies and he goes to heaven. This is not a theological story. And the first angel that he meets... He says to him, hey, I prayed and asked for help, and you did nothing. And the angel said, we sent you a radio announcement, a rowboat, and a helicopter. Why are you here? (laughs) I was reminded of that story that I told two days before Larry walked into our office. And two weeks after he walked in, I thought, okay, God, maybe... Larry 
was our radio announcement, our rowboat, and our helicopter. So I sent an email, and I thought, you know how emails work. They'll get back to me in two days, three days, two weeks, whatever. In about four minutes, I got a response. Yeah, our whole leadership team here, you want to come over this afternoon and take a look? Four minutes. It was like a text. I thought, what just happened? I was in my collar. I thought, I don't, can I go in my collar to a synagogue? I'm not sure. Well, if this is going to work, they're going to see me in my collar, I go, right? And so I went up there, and I walked in, and I looked at the space, and I met some really nice people. For the last six months, we, and I say we, I'll tell you who we, we have asked and planned and negotiated and thought. And through all of this, God has been pretty unambiguous. When we came to a little hiccup in the process, I would say to God, God, if we're not supposed to do this, just shut the door for us. And God repeatedly, I can't share them all with you, but repeatedly God would do the other thing. He would not shut the door. He would say, I'm going to just take the obstacle out of your way. Boom. And I mean that. I would ask fellow clergy that have been in Fairfield a long time. I'd go to them and I said to one fellow who really knows Church of the Apostles, will you tell me I'm crazy for doing this? Tell me I'm crazy. Somebody has to tell me this is ridiculous. And he says, yes, you're crazy. Finally, thank you, God. And then he says, wait, 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 wait. I can't believe you've not done it already. That's why I think you're crazy. Make the move. This is good. Wow. So, for the last six months, our property search team, which I'm going to ask to stand. If you're here, I know Jeff is not here. I don't think he's here. I can't see the back. Marge, stand up. Property search team, stand up. Marge, Paul Hiller, Kevin Carlson's on that team, and Jeff Buchanan, who can't be here today, all on that team. Would you just give them a hand? They've worked really hard. Thank you. We toured the property at the synagogue, and we toured other properties, and we looked at other lists. This is not the only, we did our due diligence. We looked at other things. We looked through lists. We, we, we wanted to find places that fit the criteria, and we haven't found, we found one other that we were able to look at, but it's been pretty slim pickings. But we did all that. We prayed, and we thought, and we talked to people from the parish and the congregation. We turned this over in conjunction with our parish council, and our staff has done a lot of work on this. And so we're talking about almost 20 people have been involved with this, including me, to think. Although there are a few important last details that are being worked out and the lease still needs to be reviewed by our attorney, we are comfortable announcing today that if these last details go the way that we expect them to go, Church of the Apostles will be moving our operations, our worship, and our ministries to a shared facility with a place called Congregation Radef Shalom on Park Avenue, Bridgeport, which is about three miles from the Fairfield line. It's in that part of Bridgeport. I'm never sure if I'm in Fairfield or Bridgeport. It's well within our search area, and we're hoping to do that by October 1st of this year. Before I talk a little bit about the vision behind this move, let me give you some salient details. Not all of the salient details. I'll talk about that in a minute. We have a lot for you today that you can take home with you and look through. We had the PC and the search team had four requirements for our new space. Requirements. Like if these things couldn't happen, it's not a space for us. We're not even going to look at it. They were the ability to have a morning worship service starting between 9 and 11 a.m. Let me tell you about one of the advantages of sharing with a synagogue. They worship on Saturdays. 
We looked at a lot of churches to share with, and they all said, yeah, come share. When can we have our service? Saturday at 10.30 p.m. Oh, well, that doesn't work for us, right? That was one. Number two, the ability to combine our offices, our worship space, ministry, fellowship, classrooms, everything under one roof. No more officing one place and worship. This was a requirement. We wanted to move it all under one roof. The, the synagogue has a large building, and they, it allows us to move everything to one place. So our, our offices now, our classrooms, our worship space will all be under one roof and through one door. Our third was we wanted to have less or no weekly setup requirements. The synagogue is so big, Tony's got his hands up. The synagogue was, is so big that basically we have our own wing and all of the rooms that we will be leasing are designated for our sole use. We don't have to take one thing up or put one thing away ever. And our fourth and final was we wanted a long-term, about five-year lease. We are finalizing a five-year lease that, with all the appropriate workings so that we can settle and practice presence for a long period of time in one part of the city. So this is what we're going to do. In addition to these four requirements, the property search team and the parish council came up with a list of 16 desirables that we added. That, all right, these are things we really want, but if we, if we can't quite have them, we will be okay. There, were, there was a list of 16. I'm going to quote my friend Paul Hiller. He always says to me, Brian, real estate is the great compromise. And I thought, yeah, it was these 16 things we were willing to compromise on. However, there's not one of the 16 things that this space doesn't meet. I'm not going to go through all 16. They're on a list you're going to get a little bit later. All of those things are met in this space. We can do all 16 of them. And we're really excited. I just want to tell you before we're going to, we're going to pass the piece and I'm going to keep going. It's a little bit longer today. This was the announcement part. And in a minute, I'm going to talk a little bit about some vision behind this. But I'm sure that there are questions on your mind. I'm sure. And I'm sure there may even be a little anxiety. Change brings anxiety, doesn't it? We're going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, look, at, can I also give you something? I could not be more confident that this is the right move for our parish. And my faith needs to be strengthened. Because change brings some anxiety. Yeah? Amen? It's okay. I'm convinced that this is the right move for our parish, and change brings some anxiety. We've compiled a frequently asked question sheet with about 20 questions and answers about anything we could think of. They, they came up in the process, and that will be available. Don't run out there at the piece. They're not there yet. Stay in the room, but when you're leaving, they'll be on the greeter's table right outside this door, and so you can look through those over the next couple weeks, and I'm sure that it's going to raise some other questions and some clarifying things, and so... We've set up a uh, new email address, simply place at apostlect.org. All of this information is on the sheet you're going to take home with you. You don't have to write it down. But when you have a question, email it to that email address. Just, hey, I, I was wondering about this. And either we'll get someone to answer it specifically, or if you have the question, probably others have the question, we're going to add it to the frequently asked question sheet and say, hey, this was a great question we're going to add. And then we'll just keep updating that, and it'll be available, updated on our website. So you can look at it any time that you'd like. On Sunday, July 21st, it's not next week or the week after. It's in three weeks just because of scheduling. Besides next week's July 4th. We are going to have a parish meeting. And we'll bring the pizza so that you don't have to worry about that. 
And um, at this time, the, the parish council and the search team and the staff will answer any questions that you have and give more updates about the final stages and where we stand. So that's the way that we're going to keep informed. And you can go get information, give information, ask questions, and we'll keep you updated the best that we can. Okay. Please stand. We're not done, but please stand. We're going to take a little break. Don't leave. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Share God's peace with one another. Cool. Come on back together. Have a seat. Welcome back. For the last three years, I have been encouraging us that God wants to form us into a people of faithful non-anxious presence for Fairfield County and the world. Faithful non-anxious presence happens in the intersection of four things. If I was more skilled, I would have put this on the screen. I'm sorry, I'm not that skilled. But it happens at the intersection of four things. And I have said these things to you before. I said them two ways. It happens at the intersection of four things. Sunday, spiritual formation, service, and silliness. Or, maybe more familiar, and we'll use the more familiar terms, worship, discipleship, mission, and playfulness. Becoming a people of faithful, non-anxious presence happens at that intersection of those four things. And I want to talk a little bit about those four things in relation to this new place. Worship. The worship space at our new place is right-sized for our congregation. It's small enough that we'll be forced to sit by one another, listen to one another sing. I've sat next to some of you. That could be good news or bad. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Rub shoulders. Be together. I want you to think about energy for a minute. Energy is more powerful when it gets condensed into small spaces. It picks up more energy and becomes powerful. It is my prayer that with a right-sized worship space, our worship toward God will become compelling and that others will want to come be part of it, especially those who maybe have never worshipped God in Christ before. Think of our Easter service this year. Standing room only. Think of our cafeteria times. Or if you ever came to Newtown. There's an energy in worship when we have to rub shoulders and hear each other. When we hear someone crying or laughing. When we hear little ones asking when finally the sermon will be over. (laughs) Because they're the only ones that get to ask that. I believe this place is the right size for our worship. And there's room to grow. There's another room that we can go to in the same facility for ourselves when the time comes. There's room to grow. Because the first room, a little smaller than this room, a lot smaller, thank God. As we grow, there'll be room to go to another place. Don't worry. I'm praying that'll happen. And I'm praying it will happen through our worship that people who do not know God or are far from God will come into a saving knowledge of him in Christ Jesus. Will you dream that with me? Will you dream that in the next year and 18 months there will be faces among us in this place that we don't know yet and that don't know Jesus yet? Would we dare to ask God boldly one more time for souls and for a name for himself? Discipleship. 
Now we have a place for weekday life groups and Bible studies to gather. A place to provide child care, allowing our families, parents of young kids, to join us for all of these things. And we have a place for our youth group to meet and invite other kids to come. There's even a ping pong table, Peter, I think we can borrow. That's just to name a few. We have a place now where we can gather for discipleship and invite those same people I just talked about to join us. Missions. I was not aware that I quoted Paul Hiller twice. Sorry, Paul. I should have called and got like copyright information or whatever, but here it is. Paul Hiller took us, uh, when Tamara and I were interviewing to come to Church of the Apostles, Paul Hiller took us on a tour of the area. We rode with him through Westport and Bridgeport and every town, village, nook and cranny in between. And this tour was the last thing that we did in that interview weekend, and it was the ride that solidified in Tamara and my mind that God was calling us to Church of the Apostles in Fairfield County. Tamara's a writer and, frankly, a really good communicator. And to quote my lovely wife, it was at this moment that we loved Westport and we loved Bridgeport and we loved everything else in between. I'm so excited about the location of this new place because it provides us opportunities to be on mission and to serve the local neighborhood and surrounding community. The new new facility is at the intersection of life on many levels. It provides opportunities to engage the arts, the marketplace, poverty, education, social and ethnic diversity. It also allows us to open the doors to people of all walks of life with a servant's heart. Two universities are located less than three miles in each direction, allowing us to foster even greater mission partnerships with the Bridges Ministry at the University of Bridgeport and gives us the opportunity to build new friendships at Sacred Heart University and ask what God might be asking us to step into there. The facility is located about 0.3 miles from the Fairfield border, allowing us to continue serving Fairfield as we have done for over 14 years. It allows us easy access to several of our current missions, friends, and partners, including, as I said, the University of Bridgeport, the new location of the Bridgeport Rescue Mission, the neighborhood where Emmaus Partnership serves, and many others. I'm excited about this new place. The facility is located about three miles from the Merritt Parkway, providing access to greater Fairfield County and to southwest Connecticut. And And the facility is also located in a neighborhood. It may be what I'm most excited about. Life and people living and working and moving. We can bless these people by extending an invitation to join us for weekly worship and discipleship. By offering a place to gather for their community events. By listening to God and them and asking God, what are you already at work doing in this neighborhood? And how can we join? I can't wait to meet our neighbors. And I hope it never happens, but when there is tragedy, I look forward to being the priest on duty for people who don't even know us, walking to their house with some of you. How can we help? Last but not least, we've talked about worship and discipleship and mission. And let me talk about the one that you say, playfulness. That Churches aren't playful. I just want to remind you that churches that lose their playfulness, any organization that loses its sense of play and fun and joy is in a lot of trouble. And I think this place is going to let us foster new relationships and fellowship through gatherings and events and potlucks and small groups. We won't have the burden of setting, taking down every week. And so we can begin our weekly hospitality hour 
like that. Everybody can come to coffee and be together. There's a playground that's secure and safe for little ones to play in. It's got a fence around it, and it's on the property. In fact, it's right by the main door where our children can play and literally have playfulness. I already have some ideas about a Shrove Saturday pancake supper and square dance. I, said, I, I wrote that, we have that idea. No one else has that idea. It's just mine. <laughs> or a chili cook-off, an Irish dancing during Advent. I've already got thoughts about how we might be playful in the new space. So those are just some ways that where the intersection of becoming a faithful, non-anxious presence happens in worship and playfulness and discipleship and mission I believe the new space offers that for us in a way that God has invited us into. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do. But asking myself a question lately, uh, or maybe it's God's been asking me a question lately. I don't know. Have you ever had those times with God? Who's asking the questions here, God? Hint, it's always him. Is following God hard or easy. I've been asking God this a lot. Is following God hard or easy? Kenny, I'm supposed to answer the question. Kenny said yes, he's right. But our scriptures today extrapolate his answer a little bit for us. You see, following God while we're hanging on to anything that is of ourselves is super hard. That's what the gospel was about today. Two different guys come to Jesus. The first guy says, I want to follow you anywhere. And Jesus says, yeah, but here's the deal. We didn't hear this from the guy, but Jesus discerned something that this guy was really interested in human comfort. Because Jesus says, yeah, but let me just tell you something. I don't have anywhere to lay my head. If you're going to follow me, this isn't going to be comfortable. And and the, the implication of the gospel is the guy doesn't follow The next guy comes to Jesus and says, he says it even more bluntly and boldly, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, really great. And then the guy says, but first, I just got to run home, say goodbye to my family, get my affairs in order. And Jesus says something that on the face of it seems a little mean, actually. He says to the guy, no, 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 no. If you want to follow me, you got to follow me right now. Because Jesus was saying that kind of leadership, that kind of following is going to be really hard for you. And there's nothing that comes before following Christ, nothing. Because when something else comes before it, even the good things that we love, following him becomes very hard. But the answer is yes, following Jesus can also be really easy. And we get it in David's story that Kenny read, and Kenny, just as long as we're having a personal conversation, you know, I've, I chose that scripture because the one that was scheduled for today had names that I could even pronounce, so you're welcome, okay, like about 10 names, hyphenated names, you would have had to have like a Hebrew guttural, and I know we're moving to a synagogue, but we haven't learned that yet, so I mean all that, good, all right, beautiful, Kenny, I'll make the jokes, okay, today, just so, <laughs> just kidding. Following God is easy. 1 Samuel 7 tells us this. The first half of the chapter, God goes to David and says, hey, you've built a really nice house for yourself. Where's my house? And David has an instant desire to build God a house, a temple for himself. And then God finishes by saying, yeah, you're a man of war. You're not going to build the temple. 
You have to plan it. You have to find it. You have to raise the money for it. And you're going to die and your son's going to build it. You're never going to see the temple. Sounds hard. But it wasn't for David. Because the prayer that Kenny read for us today, David said something that we should pay attention to. He says this, Therefore you are great, O God, for there is none like you. There is no God beside you. According to all that we have heard with our ears. And who is like your people Israel? The one nation on earth whom God went to redeem to be his people. And then David says something that we have, I am praying for us that we will carry with us from today forward forever. Make a name for yourself and do great and awesome things among the people. David is saying to God after after having this deep desire to build the temple and being told he wouldn't do it, what David says is that's okay, God, because if I want to follow you, I understand that it is about making a name for you and not for me. In that vein, following God is easy. It is free from the encumberments of this life. And we can walk in faith and encourage. It will take both of those things to move to a new place. Faith and courage. We have it. It's time. Last but not least, I've had some of my own questions for God. God, does it make any sense that we're close to finalizing a a new place for all of this and I'm going on leave for two months because I have to? And God said to me, whose name are you curious and interested about, Brian? Mine or yours? This morning and on most days, my answer back to God is, make a name for yourself, God. And magnify yourself, God. And show your awesome power and might, God. You may be asking, how in the world is this going to happen while you're gone? Can I just tell you something? I haven't been working on the details of this for weeks. I passed this, I passed this to that team of pe- those teams of people a long time ago. They're going to take it home. It's, it's going it's to happen. They'll keep you posted. Last but not least, I'm going to miss you. I'll see you in a couple of months.